Good morning. Welcome to Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake, exploring ways to live our lives more fully in this wonderful world. We welcome your calls and thoughts at 242-7800. Conversations with Friends is brought to you on KAOI by Unity of Maui, where the heart is at home. Now, here's your host, Mary Omwake. And my host and good friend, Jim Jacobson. Good morning, Maui. Good morning, Maui. Good morning, Mary. And good May Day. It is May Day. It's one of my favorite things. A lot of people on Maui, I guess, because we have so many beautiful flowers. But one of the things I loved best, my little girl, we would, uh, when I was a little girl in Seattle, we would make baskets and we would bring the flowers were coming up, the tulips were coming up, all kinds of flowers, and we would make baskets and we'd go put them on all of our neighbors' steps. Really? I never, yes. I never heard of that. When I was May in, baskets. When I was in, a kid in school, we mm-hmm. had to do this horrible Maypole dance where they had this pole in the middle and all these strips of cloth came down. And you didn't like that? No, it wasn't, I guess very, it's a it wasn't very macho. <laughs> but they made the boys and the girls do it and we had to like dance and, and, and weave it and create this mate. And I, mm. I just was, ne- it, was it probably create Anyway, that was my May Day, May Day memory so May I don't Day. have the greatest. And and yours sounds much better. I like oh, the flowers. flowers. Yes, May Day flowers. You know, it's just so. Maybe the flowers weren't out yet in Washington D.C. Uh, this was in uh, Delaware, but yeah, it was a, it was just a maple, and it was kind of funny. It's so interesting how May Day is celebrated in different parts of the world, and obviously in uh, Cuba today. You know, the May Day parade is a totally separate thing, mm-hmm. and uh, Fidel Castro did not show up. Did you know that? Well, no, I, I didn't know that, Jim. <laughs> I was on Maui, and I missed <laughs> that on, uh, in the morning. And, you know, we have 19 people on our prayer list. I missed that one. But, you know, uh, I remember seeing May Day when the USSR was the USSR mm-hmm. before it was split yeah. up. And they would celebrate May Day by running these tanks, mm-hmm. you know, and they would have all of these tanks on May Day. And I thought... Oh, and I, all I, you know, the little girl in me is remembering flower baskets. And <laughs> That's so. what's so unusual. I mean, and, and so Cuba's, I guess, one of the last bastions of that. So that is, that's pretty interesting. It is pretty interesting because we've got a great program today, Jim. We're we going to be talking with Bodhi and uh, Ram Das because they have an ongoing um, vision and they're actually moving towards putting it into practice, uh, death and being with dying, but it's a part of a community education series of Ipuka Iko. Ah, hey, hey, here, let me introduce Bodie. He can get on the microphone. He's got to be right on it because he can say what's the hope. Ipuka Ikao. Doorway into light. And uh, we'll be talking with Ram Das and Bodie about the program they have this Saturday and Sunday at the Maui Arts and Cultural Center in one of the rooms there. And this is for people that are really developing practices and practical methods for those who want to be with. Um, their own death or with or be of service to those who are dying and you know reclaiming death as a sacred work Bodhi you have been um, I think you're the spiritual director of this program I am and how did this vision come up Uh, as an interfaith minister for 30 years I started uh, being around more uh, dying people going to funerals uh, recognizing funerals as some of the most uh, community (laughs) bonding Uh, experiences as far as people getting real and uh, cutting out the crap and uh, we're kind of jaded to uh, people dying all over the world every day but when somebody close to us dies it seems to get very fragile gets very real uh, pretty much for everybody I've seen so uh, that and I did the I went to the hospice and got their volunteer training and started uh, helping out uh, in homes where people were dying and uh, starting to uh, tune into what that's like and uh, what happens when you do have a connection to spirit and God and soul and you're dying and what happens when you don't so out of that grew this um, this dream about um, healing our relationship with death in order to have more precious life that's so beautiful. Joining us on the phone is Ram Das. Hello, Ram Das. Hello. You just uh, still out there planting seeds of enlightenment, aren't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've got your good friend Bodhi here. He's been talking just about how this idea uh, is called Doorway to Light. Those of us who um, speak the English, but Ipuka E K O, which is an educational series. It's ongoing, helping people to become conscious about the process of dying, and also you've got a big vision. Besides just being present to dying, but you have a, an idea of how to have sacred funerals and also a, a, a beautiful, the idea of a cemetery that would be organic and healthy and beautiful, like a park-like setting, so people could have a sacred place to visit. 
You want to talk about that too? I mean, this is a huge vision. Well, <clears throat> in, we're in a culture that's really out of balance, and it's a culture that's uh, consuming and destroying the planet. And uh, one of the reasons why our culture is out of balance is because <coughs> it doesn't have a healthy relationship with dying and death. Our culture seems to relate to a death and dying with aversion, mm -hmm. avoidance, and denial. Uh, look what we've done to Halloween, which uh, once was a sacred ceremony honoring the dead and the departed. Um, Ramdas and I are looking for a piece of land to actually build a dying center, a uh, green cemetery where there's no, no chemicals, no embalming fluids, very toxic, uh, barbaric practice that's being outlawed in Europe. Well, you, last time you were on the show, you you had some statistics, and do you, what are there's some there's shocking statistics about uh, what normally goes into a what we'll call a, a traditional um, embalming and, and and a funeral in terms of the environmental impact. The major chemical used in embalming is formaldehyde and formalin. Uh, EPA says it's a Cancer, cancerous uh, chemical. Mm. Um, embalmers have a higher rate of cancer. Um, eight hundred and something thousand, eight hundred thousand gallons of embalming fluid uh, go into our earth every year, mm. uh, in contaminating groundwater. Uh, previously, mercury had been used in embalming. Uh, cemeteries in America are now turning out to be toxic waste sites. That is shocking. And then, in terms of the cement lining and the casket itself. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of board feet of hardwoods from our hardwood forests, uh, uh, something like a, mi a million tons of concrete and vaults and liners, uh, copper, mm -hmm. on and on and on. You know, Bodhi, I never understood that until I was having a dialogue with a, a traditional Christian minister. And, you know, I come out of the Quaker faith and so, um, and then unity. And so I never really understood all of the, you know, every denomination has its own teaching. But there are actually uh, some people who believe that when you die, you stay in that body until the trumpet is blown and then everybody rises and goes to heaven. So they take it very literally. I never understood why people would spend so much money when my dad died. They did put him in a cement container inside a coffin, inside a, and I never understood it. And I, and then I got, wow, if they take it literally, of course the formaldehyde might do a number on you. I mean, <laughs> but that that you know when they when they go to that extent, there's there's something in their consciousness that says they're still in that body, and that was stunning to me because I don't believe that. I mean, I believe your spirit goes, your body. Um, your body planned obsolescent. It, it just goes so far. Well, but the, uh, the irony of buying the most expensive casket uh, to, uh, to, <coughs> to keep you in that box for as long as possible, uh, the most expensive casket comes with a special rubber uh, plastic liner to keep the elements from getting into the box, seals the box from anything. So hopefully you'll be there when it's time to uh, rise up. But in fact, what's happening is there's anaerobic a decomposition happening and some of those caskets have exploded and so now mm. when you buy this uh, $14,000, $20,000 casket to preserve you, they have to actually insert a gas valve release so oh, that yeah. uh, you can uh, decompose. You, you've hey, Ram Dass, research on this. I've got a new book for you. What? Be Gone Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but what, once your body's, you know, be gone now. We need yeah. one of those sound effects that goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is interesting, you know, Mary was talking about that, and obviously uh, in certain other faiths, uh, the uh, Jewish faiths, uh, they talk, they use uh, just a, a plain pine box. So, you know, they're just such different beliefs. What is the process or what type of uh, burial arrangements are, are you and Ram Das looking at doing here on Maui? Well, we're exploring uh, sea burial where we float you out on a sailboat, letting the wind provide all the energy. And six miles out, uh, we drop your body, weighted down, uh, wrapped in banana leaves or in a shroud or in a box, uh, weighted with concrete, and we drop you overboard uh, directly into the ocean. Actually, that looks like the most energy-efficient way to go. Uh, cremation, uh, currently a cremation, uh, cremation oven takes about $100 worth of propane to burn your body. Um, Ramdas and I are exploring open cremation, which uh, is doable here in Hawaii, where we uh, build a fire and put you on top of it and uh, stand around and celebrate and bless and pray. That's beautiful. Ramdas, what piqued your interest in this? Oh, I, <coughs> when, I, um, when I went to India, 
um, I was um, impressed with a, a culture had a, uh, an attitude towards death that made it friendly. And I went to um, um, Banar Banaras, the city of death for the Hindus, and uh, I saw that there was uh, these these fires, um, and it it was monks meditated. Um, meditated in these uh, burning gods and so much different from from um, our culture which is when my dad died then the, the people came in a, a rubber rubber um, Thing and they put them in it, and, and they didn't. We didn't know them, and Dad was carted away. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. I saw that there was a, such a uh, weird, um, weird attitude towards death. It was the same. Ex I had the same experience with my father. The, the, these these guys come in black suits, and they have a body bag and and kind of handle it very um i don't know what it's a bodhi it's it's just sort of a it's a difficult thing to watch as a loved one so yeah. uh, what you what you'd asked me the other two uh burial uh, scenarios we're exploring is actually to build our own crematorium where uh we're, we're not so much about what we want to do but in supporting families and communities to be involved and in the process all the way through so if the family chooses the family is feeding the body into the fire into the oven mm. the same with this green burial it's that we could bury someone in a cardboard box or a simple pine box the cheapest coffin on maui i believe is about thirteen hundred dollars right now it's unnecessary so, you know, we could be digging the holes. We could be celebrating this whole process. And what we've seen is it's incredibly supportive and healing to the grieving process. You did something with the cardboard box not too long ago. Didn't you? You, you told me, I think last time you said you, people decorated it. and Yeah, that's what I'm going to bring this weekend. We're going to paint a cardboard coffin this weekend. Wow. So and, I just, and I just finished building my first uh, pine box coffin. So what we really want to do is is support people in 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 honoring the person that they loved. That's yeah, right. Because their spirit's fine. Their spirit's going on. I mean, <laughs> exactly. there's not a problem with the spirit that's left the body. Right. I yep. think it's having my brother died six months ago, my mother six weeks ago, and having paid for both of those myself, um, I, I just know that I would have loved to have been able to have them here and, you know, wash them. And I was fortunate because I got to be with my mother for four days and just touch her and love her mm -hmm. before she died. Mm -hmm. And um, and so helping us to you know have that experience. But Ramdas, have you um, thought about your own funeral memorial? Um, how you want to go? I mean, surely, um, if you're visioning this, I've thought about it. I actually made instructions, and um, I'm very willing to change them as soon as you get your green. Because um, I, I want to be sprinkled on the ground in Maui. I mean, <laughs> just burn me and sprinkle me, and because um, I'll be watching. <laughs> Well, I uh, I'm, I'll be, be on a, an open fire, yeah, where people can watch, and uh, and they can meditate on the uh, on my body being burned. And you won't make us laugh or anything, will you? Being no, up there telling no, jokes no. in our ears while we're I watching. So. I think you will be. I have a feeling you'll be going. Look at that. <laughs> and then I think I'd like to. Uh, uh, the, the ashes in three places: one in India, one in uh, the United States, uh, oh, the mainland um, uh, Hanuman Temple, uh -huh. and uh, right here, right in our green cemetery. Yeah, I won't be there in the green cemetery with you. I love that idea. I just think it's so healthy. 
And you're just these classes. This this is the second weekend series you've done. You have more planned. Yeah, looks like looks like we'll probably do another um, weekend um, towards the end of the year, and maybe we're going to start doing a, a shorter, like one day or, or evening but seminars. You and Ramdas are these hosting. Are these, these are wonderful. Uh, these events are really wonderful because uh, because. Uh, Everybody s- seems to have a, a, a spirit, uh, 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 a, a release about dying at these at these gatherings. Well, right now we have 19 people on our prayer list from us that either have had their mother, father, or brother die, or they're in hospice, or they're on that list. And we're a very small community. And to help people to be comfortable with a, a conscious death, a good death, in a culture that um, so many people have not said the words that they, it would be good if they could say them um, before the person dies. Because um, So I just thank you for keeping this going. It's May 5th and 6th at the Mary Arson Cultural Center because people need to know, they need to get tickets. Is that right? Yep. be good if people uh, call me up. Uh, two eight three five nine five zero. That's two eight. Email me. So let's do that number again for people who are driving. It's two eight three five nine five zero. Because we're going to make lunch for everybody, so it's good if we know ahead of time who's coming. Uh, however, at the last minute, if you decide to come on down to the Mac, uh, please do come at about eight thirty on Saturday morning. One of the emphasis is really here in this reclaiming it as sacred work, is recognizing that from the soul level. Death isn't necessarily a tragedy, uh, and being able to open up to the bigger picture here. So, uh, so many people say, "Oh, that person died," and their voice gets soft and low, and it's it's this sense of something bad happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is part about retraining ourselves to recognize that death is not a failure at all. In fact, in many cultures, it's celebrated as a great graduation day. We actually call it a celebration. It's a celebration. It's a celebration of a birth and a death. Yep. Life is eternal, but we are born into bodies and we die from bodies. But and life is eternal, and we're eternal. So. When yeah. you say that uh, it's a way of honoring the the body, it certainly is. And when, if you've ever seen the any footage of what happens when you're embalmed, uh, you'd never mm-hmm. want to be embalmed no. if you saw what happened. But sometimes sp- spirits and souls are a little troubled in, uh, say, something happens a violent death or uh, unexpected uh, quick death uh, sometimes the soul is in a space where it doesn't know what happened and uh, and uh, and what and it looks to me like and it looks to, to many people like how we relate to it how we relate to that body and to the soul is very important to that soul's moving forward hmm. well i was stunned i was in california my i have a brother who died unexpectedly younger than me and um, i was there with my mother and we got the call and my girlfriend's son had died two years before, and she's had a conscious contact with him the whole time since cool. he's crossed over, totally cool. conscious. And I was sitting in their garden praying, and I didn't know why. I just was there for a couple of hours, couldn't go into the class I was supposed to be in, just sitting there. And then the next day I got the call, and it was that my brother had died at the time I was sitting there. And her son, who'd crossed over, said, I was, I was there for John. Hmm. to help him because he was totally confused when he crossed over. Wow. He didn't know where he was. Was He was riding his bicycle and had a heart attack right there on a freeway, riding a bicycle. And so to have that kind of gift, to know that someone on the other side, that connection was there. And he said, I just had to guide him a little bit towards the light, and he was fine. I was. I just took such comfort in knowing that there's workers on the other side that help Evidently, when these instant yeah. things happen, like my mother had the dementia for eight years. Actually, as Ramdas said, she packed, basically packed everything and sent it ahead. <laughs> but she <laughs> left a little bit of herself here for eight years. <laughs> uh, so everything was there for her. But I love the fact that we're not alone in this. And I love that you are working with, you have this uh, gentleman named Frank. and You pronounce his last name. I was so impressed with him at the last program you did. Frank Ostaseski. What a beautiful, is he a Zen master or a Zen teacher? He's just... Frank started the first uh, Zen hospice in San Francisco, uh, I think more than 30 years ago. And what a beautiful soul. And then beautiful? He is. And was it, it, because of AIDS, is that right? I mean, that's what really yeah. happened. 
And boy, I remember that time when the Unity Church in San Francisco had like over 50 deaths. It was a little tiny church from AIDS and what that did because we weren't prepared yet. We weren't. We didn't know how to how to be present to it. You also have a, a woman named Jenny Grace. What a great name, Jenny Grace Lyons. And what is this, Director of Final Passages? Um, Jerry, Jerry's at the forefront of the home funeral movement uh, in California uh, as far as really uh, teaching people how to have their own home funerals just the way they, they choose to. It's really bringing it into the home. Is that legal in California? It is legal. It's, uh, you can have a home funeral in any state, but different states have regulations as to how long uh, you can keep a body before it needs to either be refrigerated or, em- or embalmed. What are the current regulations here in Hawaii? 30 hours, very short, and uh, we're actually working with the Funeral Consumers Alliance here in Hawaii to uh, change that law. And then also joining you on this Saturday-Sunday workshop is Eve Lynn Severo. Uh, Evelyn Sivarolo, a good friend of mine, the clinical director of Maui's Hospice, uh, been working for a long time in this field and has now studied with uh, in Frank's program, the Alaya Institute, and uh, and she helped her husband die, and um, she's got some great um, she's got some great wisdom and experience in this field. Well, all these people who work in hospice are just the most amazing souls, just the most amazing souls, and this sounds like a fantastic. Uh, program Saturday, Sunday, May 5th and 6th at the Maori Arts and Cultural Center. Ramdas, were you a friend of the woman that pretty much birthed uh, the hospice movement in the United States, that um, very cantankerous doctor? What was her name? You know who I mean. She just was in your face. Yes. Uh, yes, she was very cantankerous. Yes, and what a great soul. But, boy, did she open the doors for us. Because I remember when the idea of hospice was so... I'm sure people are sitting here listening for the first time and going, wow. But as it grows on you, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. But as it grows on you, they're going to see, oh, wow, this idea of of a funeral pyre or a beautiful green, beautiful place where the ashes or the body could be buried in a healthy way or buried at sea. You know, people are going to say, wow, that's what I want. I want my family to celebrate, my friends. Um, you know, I just, uh, Virgie Cantorna's mother passed, and they just had the two full days. It's a Filipino celebration. And, you know, they brought the coffin in, and they opened it up. But I want to tell you, it was all about life. And uh, she wanted everybody in white, and her nine grandchildren all made music, sang songs. They showed her whole life. It went on and on and on. I was there for four hours before <laughs> I left. They'd already started for three hours before me. They hooled, and everybody told stories. And then the next day was the really fun part. <laughs> but, you know, even though they did the mass and everything, it was a celebration. Every cell yeah. was alive. And I thought, God, now there's a good family. You know, it doesn't matter really what you do with the body when you've got that much love going. Yeah. But, uh yeah, I just, I just, I'm so grateful. You know, we need to take a, we need to take a break. This has just been so wonderful talking. Would you stay on the line just for a minute, Ramdas? I know you've got to get someplace. Sure. Okay. We want to thank our sponsors for Conversation with Finn, and we're talking to Bodhi, who is partnering with Ramdas. They've got a great vision for dying and being with the dying, and, and it's an ongoing educational series to help us all get more comfortable with what is a natural phenomenon. You're born, most likely you're going to die although there's a few that may ascend, but not most people I know. Okay, stay tuned. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's premier mortgage company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. So we're, we're, we're talking with Ram Das, Jim and We're I talking on top of each other. <laughs> we're talking uh, with Ram Das and Bodhi B about Ipuka Ikeo. Okay. Ow. Ow. Well, well I, I'm just gotta learn. I gotta learn to, to read Hawaiian better. Doorway, a doorway light. into light, and you're doing this amazing uh, program on Saturday and Sunday. This coming. 
at the Maori Arts and Cultural Center starting at 9.30 in the morning, going to 5.30 uh, both days. If you're just going to show up, please come at 8.30 so we can get registration out of the way and really start the program at 9.30. You know, people say to me, why, you know, why, why talk about death? It's, you, it's so morbid. You know, well, really, it's not morbid. I mean, if it was, if it was some fixation, if it's all I talked about, I'd be, I'd be concerned too. <laughs> but, or really, in our, it's our cultural conditioning that says it's, it's not okay, it's not right, it's not in balance to talk about death. Well, just the opposite is true. And when you have a relationship with the fact that our bodies are going to die, we're not our bodies, but they are going to die. And I haven't seen really any evidence to the contrary. These bodies aren't meant to go on forever, but in that understanding we stop taking it all so for granted we stop taking that we're just going to be around and we have all the time in the world to do whatever we want to do and we come back into the preciousness of this very next breath and this life and our loved ones and who's around us because like Mary said we're going to get the phone call or we're going to watch our family and friends die and they're going to watch us die and why not why not have a healing whole loving relationship with that part of life uh, to help us really live a fuller and more precious life now and i just be, i want to have ram das say a word but as a minister who d- gets to be with a lot of families the families that have said goodbye the families that have healed the hurts the families that have made the amends the families that have said the words that they really need to say when the passing happens i can tell you there may be sadness but there is such a grace. But I will tell you, for the families where they've been in resistance or resentments that haven't been healed, haven't their pain and their anguish when the death happens is almost inconsolable. And uh, so if, if, if there's anyone you love right now or any relationship where you want to say words that if this was the last day or this was the last week, I would encourage you to take some time, do some prayer work, and make the call or go see the person because you never know. When I was driving on that freeway thinking I was there to help my mother make her transition and my, my brother, who's four years younger, seven years younger, I got the phone call. I was so grateful that I had written him letters because he was estranged and I was l- writing him letters and I was able to tell him, and he got the letters, that how much I loved him, how sorry I was, and all the things that I wanted to say. And... Um, yeah, I just I just know the grace that comes with that. So I would I, somebody here's listening. I you need to make that. I don't want to be psychic on the one of those. Hey, somebody out there, but somebody is listening and that you need to make that call and just let that person know you love them and you'll be so grateful you did, whether they stay in their body for another fifty years or five more minutes. So Ram Das, yeah, you're a midwife of souls. Now you're a hospicer of souls. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing in the middle here? <laughs> It really is soul, soul stuff. Yeah. And 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 the ceremony of dying is is the biggest change in our lives, and it's it can be joyous and it can be yeah. Ramdas, thank you so much. Bodhi, thank you so much for the good work, the vision. Every week we like to talk to somebody who has a great vision and is acting on it. I call them visionary activists, (laughs) pulled by a vision. And thank you so much. Thanks so much for being with us. Because I'm going to be ready for your little uh, uh, green cemetery. I will be ready. (laughs) Okay, Ramdas, have a blessed day. Join me in the green cemetery. (laughs) <laughs> I will, my friend, and I might even follow you to India. Okay. I might beat you there. Hey, you know, you just don't know. What did Ben Franklin say? And when his friend, he said, my friend and I are going to the same party. So he got there a few years before <laughs> me, and I'm still going to celebrate. God bless you, dear friend. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to Conversations with Friends. Thanks for the good work, Bodie. That was wonderful, wasn't it? And we want to thank our sponsors for Conversations with Friends. Stay tuned. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. 
There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's premier mortgage company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. That was wonderful. Uh, I, we've had an amazing show so far talking about um, this process of dying and being with the dying. And we want to... Um, and you I know we haven't really talked about the Dalai Lama. We I haven't mean, he's about it's the only Dalai been Lama. a my goodness, it's just oh Pat say it's been five days. The Dalai Lama and the Buddhists and when I spent five weeks there this um summer and in studying it, they spend a lot of time focused on dying, but from the standpoint of this breath, this life, this minute is important. And if you know that you're gonna die, then and you consciously know it. I mean we all in the back of our mind, but if you know this could be your last breath then you live it intentionally. You live it with compassion. You live it with um, focus. Mm-hmm. So it's not morbid, but it really does. And at first when I heard it, I thought it was morbid. But then I realized what they're saying is none of us know. Right. None of us know. It, we may have 80 years. We may have eight minutes. But if I love this minute and I do what I love this minute and I honor each minute, then I'm going to have a good life mm-hmm. and I'm going to have a good death focus on that. So what did you think of the Dalai Lama? Oh, well, you, you know me. You know, I You're like a, this I is went a, from rock stars really at 13 to I'm a devotee, Ram Dass, the Dalai Lama. I just, <laughs> but you know, it just lifts your heart. You you know, we always been saying to practice for him to put on the Dalai Lama's smile. But if you just just look at his face, you smile. Same thing with yeah. Ram Dass. You look at his beautiful face. You start smiling. When you start <clears> smiling, <throat> your brain does all those wonderful things it does and all those little norepheins or neuropeptides, whatever they are, they <laughs> kick out and your immune system kicks on it and you just feel good. But yeah. the Dalai Lama is a sacred man, a Absolutely. beautiful vibration. Let me tell you an experiment that I did. I was One night when he was here, I was like, I'm going to find the Dalai Lama. And we, no one knew where he was staying or anything. And I just said, I'm going to go out. So I went out. I left my house around 8 o'clock at night and I started driving south towards Wailea. And I just felt I don't know why. I just felt. So I looked for all those over. black cars, huh? I, I know. And I, well, I, was, I, and I, I mm-hmm. drove and I drove and I said, and something in my head said, go to the Renaissance, go to the Renaissance. I drove in. There was, the, and the parking lot was empty. There was only one sedan out front. I was like, because I grew up in D.C., I know what security looks like. There's, right. there's nothing there. But I, for some reason, said go there. And I walked around the property and I, I meditated out there. And it's a beautiful thing. And there was such a peace and loveliness to it. And on the way out, I was wondering, I wonder if this is where he's staying. And I was just as I was walking out the lobby, uh, several security people in the, the car out front with lapel pins and a little, a, little uh, uh, a big guy from State Department security and a small Tibetan man all with lapel pins. I was like, yeah, I guess this is where he's staying. But I just went to feel that energy. And I, he was obviously in the hotel at the time. Um, and you didn't call mother? I, I, I didn't call mother for my little search <laughs> of, 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 the, of the Dalai Lama. But it was That's really beautiful. amazing yeah. just to go out and yeah. feel it. And you could fe- feel yeah. the serenity of the right. hotel. Yeah. And I think that energy just right. is wherever he is. Yeah, they cleared, I'm sure. I, people ask me, would he stay in private homes? And I said, no, no he's going to stay in a place they can secure. Yeah. And that means they probably emptied a whole portion of it. But I, the hotel was empty, but I walked yeah. in. There was no. I mean, it was just. But you could, the energy. And I use mm-hmm. this word a lot. The energy was palpable, yeah. and it was such a clear energy. And and uh, rightly so. What a blessing for Maui. And uh, I just feel so honored. Um, for me, uh, because I've I've been in the privilege to sit with him and have lunch with him several times and meditate and be in five six day synthesis dialogues which we've organized and he's he's been the focal point to get the Nobel laureates and everybody there you know you tell them the Dalai Lama's heading it and they'll show up it's amazing but um, I've always found him to be um, genuinely warm and humble always humble Mm -hmm. and always playful and always childlike Mm -hmm. and and never seen him stressed of course they take care of everything I mean literally and he's just I guess it pays to meditate four hours a day and be found when you're two years old and told, guess what? You're the um, reincarnation of ocean of compassion. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's an, enough of the magnificent Dalai Lama. I hope wherever you are right now, put on a Dalai Lama smile. We want to talk to you, Jim. I want to talk to you because you're doing a fabulous workshop. Talk about a change of um, 
uh, change, although it'll be a magnificent workshop. This Saturday, you're going to do congruent marketing. Congruent marketing. It's backed by popular demand. One of the mm-hmm. things that I do um, when I'm not on the radio is I do a lot of, uh, I have a publishing company and a communications company. I've built and sold a lot of media companies in my life. And I was had the good fortune in 1990 to study with uh, a guy named Jay Abraham for one year. I apprenticed with him. I was a protege for one year, and I studied marketing from someone who I consider to be the best marketer in the world. And I learned a whole mindset, which definitely has helped me build a number of multi-million dollar companies and and hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue for um, my own companies and for client companies that I've worked with. But over the years, I've, I've interlaced this concept of really good marketing strategy and mindset with what I call a congruent principle, which is helping people to recognize what it is about themselves that, when communicated properly, helps everyone understand that this is exactly what I am here to do, that coming to you for your product or service or just being in your energy and, 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 and with you it's the most logical choice and it, I have applied that to the concept of marketing and so if you're a business person if you own a company or a sole practitioner or are looking to make a life transition this is a, a workshop that will show you not only how to market excellently but how to do it in a way that appears congruent and is congruent with who you are as a person well talking about congruency and everything in the universe is on purpose they someone from the studio has just walked in because they're going to do a national disaster no 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 it's a test no, not, no yeah they're not going to do the national <laughs> we're disaster. doing a national they're in going a, to in a, in a few in a few minutes we'll be oh going my. to the emergency what broadcast system no but no <laughs> that will just happen naturally and we'll just go away It'll but then we'll on. be back yeah we'll be back yeah. so stay tuned that's just to, so you'll know so that you know when you hear that tone you it's hear not that. a natural disaster no it's, just it's a, not it's just they're, they're preparing to let you know should there ever be one and of course we live where there could be tsunamis we do. And you'd certainly want to know that right away. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not going to think of any other kind of natural disaster. But no. um, A disaster in marketing, to... marketing mistakes. And a lot of people make marketing mistakes. And they do. Uh, Tell us some of the main well, I, marketing I, I, mistakes. There's just so many things that people do. And, and you can, whenever you read an ad... And it just it just looks like they're just trying to sell me. It's just you just get that sleazy feeling. You know, a lot of people don't. One of the things that people don't like doing is buying a car because they get that feeling that I'm just being pushed into something. And there are many types of practitioners of what I would call less than congruent marketing, and you don't feel comfortable in those transactions. And what the congruent marketing workshop is all about is showing people how to be congruent in such a way that. Everyone gets the message and understands that what you're doing really is who you are, and and it's and this is what I want to do because you want more for me than I want for myself. That's a giant part of what congruent marketing is: expressing and communicating in a way so that your audience understands that you are looking out for their best interests in ways that they had never even thought of. And like you really are looking out for their best interests. See, I, it comes it's from integrity. It, com- it, it comes, comes from, from integrity. It's expressing integrity. It. But it's, it's, it's being able to communicate it. That and then so communicate key. it. Some people don't get that they have to first establish the authentic integrity. Right. It doesn't. Congruent it marketing work. works. I mean, and I mean works in the most amazing ways. It doubles businesses uh, in, a f- in, a, in a very short period of time. But it only works if the product or service that you have has integrity. So, you know, I, I work with clients all over, the, all over the country, and I actually charge quite a bit for my time to do that. But I have this long 30-page questionnaire that people have to fill out before they get to work with me. And what the questionnaire really drives at are, is in part the quality and the pride that they have in the product or service that they're selling. Because if that doesn't come through, I have no interest in working with them. Right. You're not there just to teach them how to paint a pretty picture. No. You want them to bring forth what is a magnificent yeah. picture. And I'll tell you, it's a great workshop. I took it. And the room was filled, yeah. and people were at the edge of their seat the whole time. Yeah, it's it's fairly fast. It's in the, what time on Saturday? It starts at uh, ten, it's three hours. It starts from ten, and it goes until one p.m. Uh, I put up a website, which you should see just for this class. It's called congruent-marketing.com. Congruent, c o 
N-G-R-U-E-N-T dash marketing.com. It talks more about the class, and it shows you some of the very simple techniques that you can use in your own business, in your own practice, to drive traffic to whatever you're doing, to get people who are interested in what your product or service is, and to communicate it, because it's all about communications. Well, they're going to they're gonna get really? more than their money's worth. There we are. Good job. Okay, so what do you want me to ask you so you can... Let's talk about... Um, How long is the test? Emergency alert system. Yeah. That's not disaster. What? what is it? <laughs> you, said na- you said national, not natural. So it's like a... Na- we're at oh, war. Yeah, that's the president. Uh, Excuse right. me. I'm, I'm just thinking. Did he start about <laughs> war? Everybody's counting the days. Have you ever? <laughs> uh, Is it $35? It's $35 in advance, 50 at the door. Okay. So, so call the church today. Yeah. Or, or they, can mi- they can register online at congruent-marketing. Oh, that is. <coughs> something I ate or paint. This is really a great thing. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to scatter my ashes with one glass of blue. India? Uh, India? I don't know about the United States. Maybe Yosemite. I think Maui, Maui and India is good enough. Maybe Italy. Did we do this one for this Actually, yeah. <coughs> Let's go back to convert marketing and then take yeah, a break. Exactly. Yeah. After the emergency broadcast system test, and I'm glad to be back here. And I'm glad to be back because you, Jim Jacobson, are going to offer to the Maui community. And if you're a guest here on the island, what a great tool. Spend three hours and go back home and make t- twice. It's almost you guarantee your money back. So well, that's the thing. I, I love that. One guarantee. of the things that I do in, in, in this workshop is it's a guarantee. So for if whatever reason, if you don't think this is the most life-changing, dynamic workshop you've ever attended. Ever attended? Ever oh, attended. Come on. Related, I've been related, with the Dalai Lama. Come related, on. Related to business. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Then okay. <laughs> ask for your money back. You'll get it back. So it's $35 if you register ahead of time, $50 at the door. Again, these are all sort of marketing uh, tactics, strategies, mindsets that you're seeing. You know, how do you make sure that you have people come to your event? Yeah. Well, you inci- incentivize them by giving them a discount if they register early. Well, one of the women in the workshop, a member of our church, uh, had been working at a doctor's office, and the doctor moved, so mm-hmm. she was out of a job, or mm-hmm. going to be, she was told. She came to the workshop, mm-hmm. and she got out of the workshop. Now, she doesn't have a business. She just got out of the workshop. What was the next job she wanted? How much did she want to make? What were the hours she wanted to work? What did she want to learn? She absolutely marketed herself, mm-hmm. and she had three offers. And uh, just getting really, really clear. So it's fabulous for people who have businesses, but it's also fabulous for people that are l- wanting to live in con- congruently. Congruent with lives. And, yeah. and, and, and I know the person you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the concept of going out and getting a job is an opportunity to market yourself. Yes. So many times people just bump along and look for the next thing. Well, if you do some of the principles that we'll be talking about in the congruent marketing class, you can get a better job. You can also figure out how to take that hobby of yours and make some money on it in the in on the side which is a you know a lot of people in Maui have multiple jobs and do different things and if you're going to invest the time to do something you might as well um uh, leverage it that's my favorite word leverage it to the greatest extent I love the guy that had the um Palm, coconut. coconut the, he had a business. trimming business. I heard more about this. But yes. you tell the story. Well, it was so wonderful because he had Spikeless, developed a way to, to trim your palm trees that need to be done and market the or harvest the 
the coconuts. coconuts without using the spikes that most of them use that damage the tree. Uh-huh. And just the compassion of because people love nature, especially here on Maui, but he had never thought of marketing that. Right, as, he just as had a, this technique. And, so and we to charge more for it because people will pay more. So he really, you gave him some great ideas. I heard, it. I just heard the other day that he is going out and buying a half a million dollar truck as a result of the business that he has grown by attending this $35 workshop. Right. Um, so if you're ready to make the move, massage businesses, all just there were people there, television, there were just people from all walks. If you're, real, if you're a real estate practitioner, come, because I'm going to be talking specifically some techniques that if a realtor would apply in this market, you could really come to dominate if you would just apply these practices. Most people don't do what's necessary. You know, do you know why I charge so much for my consulting, Mary? Why, Jim? Uh, well, two reasons. People will pay it, but the, but the second reason, <laughs> the second reason, which I is the it. which is the first, which is so closely related uh, to the first, is yeah. that people don't value what they don't pay a lot for. Yeah. They don't. They just oh whatever. So I will. I have friends um, who I would just give marketing advice to, and they don't follow it. If they would follow it, and then they do when they pay a lot of money, they tend to follow it, and that's when they build these multi-million-dollar businesses yeah. by following the advice. And if you give the advice away and you don't think it's a big deal, you don't do it. This is why on Saturday we're doing these things called hot seats where I don't put you in the hot seat. I put myself in the hot seat. So people come up and uh, tell me their business challenge, their marketing challenge, where they are, and I do a a five- or ten-minute prescription about what they ought to do. This gentleman we were talking about with the spikeless coconut trees uh, went out and did it, and now his oh, business is thriving. Oh, well, he got thriving. about uh, $5,000 worth of your insight. Mm-hmm. I would I was think, boy, everybody would want to be in that hot seat. So that's this uh, Saturday, 10 o'clock. Call, okay. because it's only $35 if you call right. ahead. Or go on unityonmaui.org and push. What do they push? It must be. Well, they can go to congruent. Uh, to learn more about the worship, go congruent-marketing.com. Or go to unityonmaui.org or call the church at 242-9327. I know it's filling up, um, but there are still some slots when, when I checked yesterday. And what's uh, cool about this is anyone listening, we have ongoing classes. We have five different ones, six different ones this week. So if you don't have our catalog, and we're adding classes all the time, we just added Uncle Les. Uncle Les will be there a week from Thursday. Uh, we do a kind of a Hawaii honest series. And so Uncle Les just came on, and he'll be coming down to talk story on Thursday night, a week from this Thursday. So what that'd be May 10th. And so we add new ones all the time, mm-hmm. and you can pick those online, unityonmaui.org, but you can get the catalog. Mm-hmm. And that's good through, let's see, April, May, June. Mm-hmm. And it comes out every three months. Of, and we've got a llama coming. We've got movement classes, silence classes, meditation, prosperity classes, health classes. It's a great place to, and now congruent marketing. So we're really grateful for that, for you, Jim, because uh, I know that you're doing it for a real a real discount on what if we had to go and <laughs> rent the hotel room yeah, yeah. that you would do and fill it up that yeah, way. So this Unity is a, on Maui is very great. And I really encourage everyone to come because it, it, it can make a massive difference in your life, and it's guaranteed. You know, the thing, too, there's so many humble people that have a great, like this gentleman with the spikeless, mm-hmm. that he really had a compassion for the trees. He mm-hmm. re- and it took more money. It took longer to do it. Mm-hmm. But he was charging less yeah. instead of more. And I said charging and, uh, more. So, and, yeah, he got, we, and he got big hotels as a result. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and they can say we, you know. And so if you're sitting there and you have something that you're doing or you'd like to do, what this will be just the place to be. So I just uh, appreciate you're doing it because it really was very valuable. I may or may not, depending on if my talk gets done. You know, I want to invite people. Jim, we're, we are doing a book. We just started our home circles. So there's still time to come on Sunday and get in one. The book is Barbara Marks Hubbard's Emergence, mm-hmm. which you heard her on the radio last week. And mm-hmm. if you missed it, you can go online. Com- tell them how to go we online. Have, uh, we're, we're big into the web here, conversationswithfriends.com. Uh, join, and you can go there and go on the archives page <coughs> and listen to any previous program. Uh, you can either listen to it on the computer or you can download it to your iPod or mp3 player or burn it onto a cd and you can have it and listen to it and it's amazing because we have did you know that we have more listeners who listen to this program around the world than we have on maui because of the internet well you don't know because nobody knows how many people are in maui listening because they don't have a way to count 
We so don't. you don't know that for sure. We don't. We could, Let's we say could, we have a lot of have people around lot. the world. We're, we have a we're lot. Very excited this could about be KOI's largest. Well, we don't know. This could be. We don't know, but we're surely grateful. And somebody actually sent us a, a love offering, a tithe, Chris. And we want to thank you, Chris. We're hoping you're listening. And what a good idea if someone wants to. We, we dedicate this time. We pay mm-hmm. for it. Absolutely. We're really grateful to do it because it's part of our seva. And, uh, which, which is, is our sacred gift service, giving. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but this book that the reason we want Barbara Marks Hubbard is such a great visionary. Her book Emergence it came out a few years ago, and I read it. You know, but I wasn't ready totally. It's the ten stages we go through as we evolve, as we start to awaken, and and how we then move into the world as an awakened activist instead of just another one to fix the world. But um, this week we um, actually created an inner sanctuary and. Everyone that we ever talk to always talks about listening and, and getting that great wisdom from within. And uh, so each week we talk about ways, actually practices that we can have as we are supporting, facilitating our spiritual growth, development, and unfoldment. And it's just a fabulous book. So stop by the church. We've got a few left, not too many. And we may have to reorder. You go online and, and order Emergence from UnityOnMaui.org and then go to Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, you, and then Unity Church gets 8%. You believe, and, and they and mail it. They don't even charge you to mail it. And you get, uh, what is it, 30% off books? Or and you get 30 to 40% off books. Uh-huh. Um, it's really uh, a great way to go. It really is. And if you're an author, I'll do another pitch for congruent marketing. If you're an author, we'll do some stuff. There's so many people who are writers on this island. Yes. We're going to do a, some special stuff just for writers to show how to market your book, how to bring your book to be a bestseller. There you go. Which is what and I Jim, did. Jim did. Jim's got a book called Meditating with Your Dog. And by Golly, by doggone good. Gosh darn yeah, it. Gosh yeah. darn good. Anyway, he really did it. He took a book and, and published it. I watched him do it. And you also published um, Desmond Tutu. I mean, that's no small potatoes there. Desmond Tutu got him on Oprah. Mm-hmm. This guy knows how to do it. I mean, I've watched him. I just sit back and go, wow, okay. I'm impressed. And um, I know some impressive people, so yay. But anyway, I'm just thrilled because there's so many great things going on at Unity. There you know, are. this week alone. On Wednesday night, we have Lee Shapiro, yeah. and Lee is um, going to do mel- the art of melding conflict, and that's Wednesday at Unity Church, 6.30. Thursday night, our youth and family director, Sherry Eck, is doing Rich Dad, Poor Dad, learning how to um, learning how to get your real estate and finances in order. Mm-hmm. You're on Saturday. Sunday morning, we're at the um, Seventh-day Adventist Church for our 10 o'clock service, and before we sign off, we do want to thank real estate Maui style, Myrna Myrna Stone. Myrna Stone. What makes this wonderful magazine? <laughs> it is. Uh, every month, it's a publication filled with pictures and stories about what's happening here in Maui. There's a wonderful 2007 Who's Who Maui Real Estate Directory. Pick up the magazine. It's available wherever you see all those magazines outside the stores. Pick this one up. It's free. It's packed with information, great articles, great content, and we thank Myrna Stone and Real Estate Maui Style for being a sponsor of our show. And it really is a good magazine. I read it because it, there's articles in there about our artists, there's about our environment, about what makes Maui so unique and special. She goes out of her way. She did a great article on Wayne Dyer. She did another one on uh, Season for Peace and Nonviolence, another one on Ram Das. So it's a great free magazine. Um, Jim, it's just about time. Conversations with Friends is about to come to a close. We want to invite you next week to listen in because we're going to be talking about heaven on Maui. Wow. Yeah, with with Fred Honig, who is a good friend of mine, and I've known him for a while. And uh, join us next Tuesday for Conversations with Friends at the same time. And then, of course, join us this Sunday at the Seventh-day Adventist Church at 10 a.m. And on Sunday night, The Secret. There's a group teaching The Secret. They do a practice. They look at a clip of the movie, and then they bond together with prayer and meditation. So what a great day to be on Maui. Have a blessed day. It's May Day. Send somebody flowers. Aloha.